0: My friend, welcome to the U Turn Podcast. This is a show that's meant to help you remember who you truly are. I'm Ashley Stahl, a career expert, the author of the new book U Turn Get Unstuck, Discover Your Direction, and Design Your Dream Career. It's now available everywhere books are sold, and it's my honor to bring you guest conversations. Or even a solo episode with me every single week, all designed to help you elevate your confidence in work, in love, and in life. This is a place for you to reconnect to who you truly are, what you truly want, and to really heal from anything that is telling you that you are otherwise wherever you are, I am so grateful to be here in your ears. And I also want to give a shout out with so much thanks to our sponsor Organifi. You can find them over at Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com slash Y-O-U-T-U-R-N. And when you use the U-Turn checkout code, you get 20% off your order, they make the most magical elixirs, whether it's powders for you to get your greens on every day, really tasty, clean protein powders to add into your diet. I have them every single morning. Probiotic powders to help you really heal and strengthen your immune system. So much more. Now let's get into this week's conversation.
1: For me, the journey has been figuring out what I'm not to start to kind of fall in line with who am I and what do I really want
0: Hi, u turn friends it's ash here and i am so excited to bring someone on the podcast you guys can tell when i really enjoy a person and i want to bring kelly henderson on the show not only has she been working in the world of television and beauty and makeup artistry and even in the country music world but she also has this podcast that you've got to listen to called velvet's edge and the concept is so great about inner and outer beauty she has her blog that's rolling out right now with so much content for your lifestyle, for your well-being, for your transformation, and she has so much taste in what to buy, so I'm really excited to check out the shop even more there. And I actually wanted to bring her on to have a really unusual conversation about what it really means to work in the world of celebrities and what those illusions are that we all tend to buy into. So we're going to talk about what it's like to be working in and with the public eye Okay, Kelly, I have so many questions. Thank you so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I want to understand, like, what was it in that moment? Because I think there's a lot of people, especially in LA, where they wish they could make it into TV. They wish they could get that screenplay. And I'm curious what it was like for you to even make it into the entertainment industry and realize, like, you've succeeded in breaking into that industry Was it exciting? And and where were you at in your life? Like, I just want to understand that picture.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I first moved to Nashville, gosh, this was back in 2004. And so that was the same goal for me was to really break into this music industry and the entertainment world. And I was fascinated. It just is so glamorous from the outside. And it was really exciting when I got my first gig in country music world, and just being around the behind the scenes of that whole industry is really, really exciting.
0: And when, how long was it that you were kind of hustling or doing the work to kind of break in? And was there a moment that you thought, like, oh wow, I've succeeded at getting here? Oh gosh, I still feel like
1: I'm hustling. Yeah, right? Isn't <laughs> it that never. Fun? Yeah, it never really ends, you know, because it's like you get one place, and then it's like the next goal is there, and so yeah. you're trying to get to that next milestone. Um, But I would say that probably maybe six years into really grinding with my hair and makeup and styling business, did I feel like, okay, I'm starting to break into this music industry. People know my name. Um, Nashville is such a word of mouth town. And so I've started to feel a little more confident in maybe the consistency of continuing to get the jobs, like, okay, maybe I've gotten in, but I don't know that I ever feel like, Oh, I've really made it. Cause again, you just constantly have these next step
0: goals. Yeah. I so relate to that. Like every now and again, well, a lot of the time on Instagram, somebody will message me. That's like a new career coach that's been following me in some way. And I always find it really interesting. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm still hustling. Like, yeah, it's there's a chapter or a subheading in my book called new level, new devil. It's like, yeah, so exactly.
1: It just never ends. And I mean, I think if I, I the one thing I've learned in the last couple of years is to really try to take a beat and take a moment to appreciate some of the accomplishments, because I'll just go yeah. straight on to the next thing and miss it, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, it's interesting. One of my deepest values, I don't know if it's a value, but like things is celebration. Like oh, yeah. I love, I fucking love a celebration. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I look for reasons, like, because it's so fun. Like I want to go, you know, out and celebrate something. And it makes me sad because I know a lot of people listening aren't celebrating. And just like you're saying, like, it's really easy to get lost in that grind. And sometimes my partner is in go mode and I want to celebrate. Like you will see a visceral mini tantrum on me (laughs) because I'm like, I want to celebrate. I, you know, don't stop me from. So I, I love that you talk about that. Take me into when you really kind of, you said like six years and you're starting to do this work, you're starting to have consistency. Were there a couple moments and obviously you don't share any names or anything crazy like that, but moments where you kind of like the lights went on and you realize like, okay, the celebrity public eye world is interesting. It's also has its darkness. Um, what were some of those maybe moments for you?
1: I think it's just, one thing for sure is when you get behind the scenes and you see celebrities just in a normal light when they're not actually performing, the the uh, walls kind of come down to you know they're just real people, and people always say that, but it sort of loses its luster because just like we have bad days or bad behavior sometimes, or you know we just aren't at our best, when you see this person that maybe you've idolized or put on some pedestal do that same thing, it's like, "Oh." Like, I don't know what it is about celebrities, but we just like, we just like hold them to this different standard of, they must just have their shit together in a different way than we do, but they really don't. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, I often wonder like, what do you think it is that makes some people Take off into celebrities. Like, like, for example, The Bachelor. I love okay. The Bachelor. Like, yeah, I, I who call myself, yeah I'm <laughs> so in. And it's like the one thing that I just, it, it's a Monday and my, you know, I realized, oh my God, it's Monday, Bachelor Monday. And I always wonder, like, why is it that some people end up amassing a huge following and having a whole career off of it? And then other people, nobody follows. Like, what do you think it is that? especially in the reality world, makes people really connect to someone? Um, And do you think that is part of the illusion? Or do you find that there are some people that you've really come across where who they are off camera is who they are on camera? Like, what's your experience there?
1: Oh, gosh, that's such a good question. Because the reality world's a whole different beast, you know, like I, my work is in country music world. And so that's more like singers and um performers and so it is a different thing than then you go into the reality tv world and gosh it's like a marketing beast I mean it yep. is like it's a different kind of performance if you ask me and I think with you know a show like The Bachelor I think that can all be editing or it can be how long they were on the show um because likability really does matter but again that's in an edit and so like from my experience I've also been on a reality tv show and I do feel like I really tried to be myself or show what like, you know, just normal human stuff that I had gone through and open up. And um, that really worked because people connected to it. And then it was twisted on me. So that really did kind of backfired. But I've seen other people that were on the same show as me who are just good at marketing themselves and just good sellers. Mm -hmm. And they know exactly the right beat to hit with people that just makes them take off. And Mm -hmm. that it's a skill set on its own. And I mean, I just don't know that I have it, but um, to me, that's a really gross behind the scenes experience I've had is just watching how people can manipulate the audience into thinking there's something they're not.
0: That is something that I am so curious about because a couple of my girlfriends who are bigger into the influencer world than I am, I mean, for me, like I'm the most fair weather poster on all of the Instagrams, like I'm just (laughs) still learning how to do it. The Instagrams. The Instagrams. Yeah. It's funny. One of my closest friends has a larger following on there. And she talks about her page, like, oh yeah, there's a lot of us. Like, look, another one, another one. Like, there's so many of them. And she's like, it's nothing. Like, everybody's, you know, doing this. And it's just so interesting. Um, My One of my best friends, Amanda Bucci, she is like a business coach. She used to do fitness stuff. And she really got success through being herself. Mm -hmm. And it was so funny for me because she's kind of... um, I don't know, like she, she's kind of uncomfortable opening up like on first pass, but there was something about her being alone with a YouTube video that she would just talk because there was nobody there. I don't think she let her brain register how many people would watch it when she posted it. And that was what got her so much virality and success. Did you see that? Did you have that experience of people who are trying to be someone that the audience would love like how tired they looked or how unhappy they were or were they just being who they were and it was hitting a chord? Like, I'm curious for that.
1: Well, it's so interesting because I actually think I had a really hard time. Like it kind of made me realize, oh my gosh, do I even know who I am? Because when you get in front of a camera, I think I started to get really concerned with how I was going to be portrayed. And so then I was finding that I couldn't really open up. And when I finally was able to, that was what people gravitated towards. So I think that there is a part of people who just want to see authenticity and If they feel like you're being authentic, whatever that is, if it's just funny, even if it's being the villain, they like that better than someone who doesn't seem to know who they are. And so I experienced that, like it forced me to really kind of figure some stuff out about myself because Mm -hmm. I was realizing, and I struggle with this on social media too, that maybe the person that I was putting out there wasn't exactly who I truly am inside. Such um, an interesting.
0: I, yeah. I feel like, I have you ever been a burning man by any chance? I haven't, but I know all about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm not like a typical burner. Like there's so many layers of me not being a burner. Like yeah, I don't do hot weather and no showers. I shower multiple, like sometimes I shower twice a day. So like yeah. going that many days with no shower. And those of you who don't know burning man, it's outside of Reno, Nevada. It's like an annual, it's not really a festival, but there's art There's um, art installations and I honestly, there tends to be a lot of naked people doing drugs if I'm being candid. (laughs) There's also really cool gatherings and spiritual stuff. It's a really cool place. It's a really interesting place. But what I wanted to say about it as it relates to what you're sharing is I went once and once was good, but I learned so much about myself going because all I saw around me was a lot of what I'm not. Yeah, yeah and it was really eye opening for me to be around people's preferences and and not judge them but be like damn that's a preference and that's super not my preference And I think it's through these like juxtapositions, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think what was it an English class in like seventh grade, it's called the foil character, like someone who's so opposite of the other character that it makes you get, understand what the other character is. Yeah. It felt like one big foil where I was like, damn, I am not into this. I'm not into that. For example, I just learned how to ride a bike. Like I'm not that coordinated Mm -hmm. and you know, learning how to ride a bike at a festival where people are riding bikes on drugs and like, you're scared, you're going to fall off your bike. Like not the best place. No, not the thing. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm curious, like what questions would you have for anybody listening to kind of get connected to who they are? Because I'm sensing that Mm -hmm. this experience kind of shook you up a little bit into these questions. And I do think a lot of people are roaming the planet right now, feeling a little bit undefined, like, They don't know who they are much past like a couple foods they like to eat and the music they like and a couple friends they like, they haven't really thought like, am I adventurous? Am I demure? Am I quiet? Like, who am I? So I'm curious what you think on that.
1: I mean, oh gosh, that's a really good one. I feel like I'm still on my journey. And I think like this COVID year has really brought that out in a ton of people because, for me, like my work kind of disappeared. And right before that I had had this terrible experience on reality TV where I got portrayed as someone who I know I'm not. Mm -hmm. And so sort of similar to what you're saying is for me, the journey has been figuring out what I'm not to start to kind of fall in line with who am I and what do I really want? Honestly, reading your book was super helpful because I had to really ask myself questions like, what are my core values? I don't, you know, I don't know that I actually take the time to think about those things about myself. I just operate in the world in a certain capacity. And so I think what I would say to people would be one, figure out what you're not, you know, and you can start kind of going backwards through that, but just a lot of Meditation and taking time to pause, which is what the terrible pandemic experience actually gave me. It was because we took the time, we had the time to sit. And I think so many times you start going and going and going and you're building something or you're doing something and you're not even thinking about what you're doing because you're going so fast. And so I think the pause is really where you can stop and ask yourself the questions to really get to know yourself.
0: Yeah, I love that. And it's interesting. I've learned a lot, kind of like what we're talking about, having friends that are different than I am. Like for example, um, my friend Amanda, who I was talking about, she has this really sweet partner, John, and they're in a polyamorous relationship, which I haven't really like understood polyamory until their relationship. And for those of you who are not familiar, it basically means it's not really an open relationship, but it's like a relationship where instead of you and one other person, there might be a third person literally in your relationship or a fourth one. And I mean, for me, obviously it goes without saying, sometimes it can be really hard to just be in one person relationship, Mm -hmm. but um, I've learned so much through talking to them about sexuality, because one thing that they talked about is he was saying, you know, um, that there's like a, a straightness sexuality scale. He's like, if you're like a one, you're, you're very straight. And if you're at a 10, maybe you're homosexual or whatever it is. And it was really interesting because he said a lot of people sexually are actually like a three or a four, like, and, and I just found that so interesting just to think about human sexuality and like people's preferences. Mm -hmm. And I do think we see the world in black and white and just even having friends who have different sexual preferences, or, you know, I've asked them questions. I've said like, wow, like you have this new person in your life. How are you navigating that? That takes a lot of time. And she responded to me. She said, Ashley, You've been really into health. Like, you go get acupuncture, you do this and that. She goes, We're into sexuality. It's like a preference of our time. And it was so interesting for me to say, Oh, wow, that's not something I want to be putting as much time in, but she's super inspired and it's really fun to listen to her stories. And so, I don't know, even just thinking about human sexuality, which I think is like a baseline um, part of our human experience and how fluid it is for everyone. And I find it so inspiring. We're living in a time where people are questioning their Mm -hmm. gender identity. It's like, there's so many layers of identity and it's so hard to connect with them when society has told us what it is like. Absolutely. Unreal. So, okay. I wanna ask you about the show. You said that you were portrayed off from who you know you are. And yeah, I know that going to bed at night and liking yourself is probably the best thing in you know in the world, like at least knowing in your heart you're a good person. Right. Um take me into whatever you're comfortable with around when it went sour and how you've been navigating those waters with yourself. And just like what perspective has shifted for you? Cause I know social media can get really intense yeah. when you're under attack and I've seen it make a lot of friends even have suicidal thoughts. Like it's insane what social media can do and how freely somebody will rip someone to shreds. So curious right. about that experience.
1: Well, you know, it's kind of, as I was saying, when I first saw myself, like on season one of Very Cavalry, which was the show that I was on, um, I found that I was really holding back. Like I was so nervous about the experience and I had never done anything like that or thought that I would. And so I think I was just really, really reserved. So that was one aspect of like watching myself back and being like, that is not who you are. What are you doing? Like you seems like this, like shy, demure girl. And that's not me. And so by season two, I had decided like sort of what you're talking about when you're looking around and you're like, okay, but that's not me. So there was people, there were people who were also on the show with me that maybe could do certain sort of reality TV star kind of things like that I just found silly and like it just didn't resonate with who I am either. And I just wanted something deeper. And so I just decided I would start talking about the real shit going on in my life. Like I was having fertility issues Uh, being single after canceling a wedding and a broken engagement and all of those things. I started telling those stories. And that's when I found my biggest, one of my biggest core values and my core needs is connecting with people. And because that I would get feedback from people of just like, Oh my God, thank you so much for being so honest about, how hard it is to date in your thirties and be single as a girl and the pressures that come with the fertility stuff. And because people would tell me their stories too, it was so fulfilling to me. Um, and so then I kind of thought I found my stride because that is who I am. I love connecting with people. This is why I have a podcast. I love hearing stories and sharing common, you know, stories that you have with each other. I think that's what we all need so much. And it's helped me heal and grow in so many ways. Um, but then by season three, uh, my friend who was Chris and Cavallari, we, she, I, I guess, got upset with me. I still don't really understand. I've talked about this on other podcasts, but I don't fully understand the fight. Uh, part of it to me felt like it was maybe for a storyline and she had her own personal stuff she was going through. And so um, it got just told in a way that didn't actually happen at all. Like that was not her experience or whatever she portrayed on the show was not my experience at all. But yeah, definitely opened up this whole new world of like dealing with, I had never had any backlash on social media, like you said, um, but she was saying that I was a person that I am not. And so people started attacking me, you know, they thought I was like a homewrecker that something had happened with her husband, which is absolutely not true. There was never any truth to that. He's been one of my best friends for like 12 years. So that was really bizarre and hurtful. Um, And then I was getting like death threats and stuff because people just assumed that the stuff she was saying was true because, you know, it's her show. They're not going to edit her to look bad. She was an executive producer. So um, in turn, they just made me out to be the villain. And despite going through all of the like heartbreak and betrayal that I felt, you know, behind the scenes, it was also just like mortifying and and an awful experience to just have your character completely assassinated and not have a place to tell your story or to tell the truth. I was honestly so in shock that I couldn't even talk about it publicly for a really long time. But um, the stuff that I saw in people was just so disturbing. Like Mm. the trolling is just, and what you're talking about with like wanting to commit suicide and all this stuff, it's like straight bullying. And thank God I'm the age that I am. And I've been through enough shit to know that life will get better and you know this too shall pass because it was really really dark and when people are telling you like they would rather you die than yeah and and they don't even know you it's just and it's constant I mean I still Mm -hmm. yesterday posted something and I got a lot of shit about it and it just it's just really difficult for me that our society operates in this place of like oh well you're on tv so you put yourself out there so you deserve this like I just don't think anyone deserves to be treated that way
0: Hey U-Turners, so sorry for the quick interruption, but I wanna give a shout out to Organifi right now, our sponsor for this episode. I just love their products. And one I've been using every single day is their green juice powder product. And I've whipped up a really fun green latte recipe for it. Sounds weird, tastes amazing. Every afternoon to get my greens on, I boil some hot oat milk and in a mug, I throw in a spoonful of their green juice powder as well as a half spoonful of my own matcha powder. And I use a frother to blend the green juice powder, the matcha powder, and the hot oat milk into this magical tasty green latte that has become my ultimate afternoon pick-me-up. Their green juice powder is packed with 11 superfoods in it, everything from ashwagandha, which is used in Ayurvedic medicine. In India, to moringa, which is an herb that keeps your skin glowing, and they're using moringa in the Bahamas to prevent COVID 19. It's just incredible to detoxify your body, get your greens going, and it's organic. So to get yourself going on a super healthy green latte in the afternoon, just head on over to Organifi.com slash U-Turn. That's organif dot slash U-Turn. And don't forget to enter your U-Turn code in to get that 20% off, Y-O-U-T-U-R-N at checkout. I don't make a penny off of this promo code, but I just love that they provided you with a discount. I love their products. And of course, I so appreciate that they're supporting the U-Turn podcast with their sponsorship. Now let's get back to this week's episode. It's like newsflash people, just because you think something doesn't mean it's the truth.
1: Right. Like you don't even know the story.
0: Yeah. Just because you see something doesn't mean it's the truth. I feel like, um, I don't know, the other day I was realizing my partner, William, he questions everything and sometimes it bothers me because I'm like, don't question my choice to do this. Like I want to do it. But it's actually amazing that he questions everything because he's the sort of person where if he sees something, he's like, I don't know if that's true. If he thinks something, he doesn't just buy into it and let it run him. And so I, I can imagine that having your, it must feel like you have no control if people are thinking things and sharing things, how did you come home to yourself and make peace? Like, what was that realization or awareness, you know, in the thread of DMs and what you're sharing reminds me a lot. Like my first piece of press was in the wall street journal on the cover, like 10 years ago or something about me leaving counterterrorism and being a career person. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, so exciting. And I went online that morning and I was like, so proud. I sent it to my dad. Oh my gosh. And, and the comments just started rolling in like, Oh, she must've done sexual favors to get that high up in the Pentagon and so many things. And Mm -hmm. I was mortified. And so, I have, I don't really have that level of experience that you're sharing, but just little um, residue that I understand is out there. So how did you reconnect? How did you feel yourself again? I think it's been a process
1: and I don't know that I'm fully done. I think I'm getting a little bit out of it, but for me, I mean, I had to shut down first. It's sort of what I was saying earlier, like get really quiet with myself because I would wake up every morning and like. You know, either the tabloids are calling or every time something would happen within Kristen and Jay's divorce, I would get brought back into it. And the supposed quote, I'm doing air quotes right now, affair would get talked about and um, then it would amp up everything again. So then I'm getting all these posts or I felt like I couldn't even continue my business without it amping up anything else. Or like people just had this interpretation of me, like it completely shifted how everything worked social media wise publicly for me, which sucked because I've worked many years before the show to build all of that. And with, you know, a couple shows, she just took that out and took that away Mm -hmm. from me, which was really, really frustrating. And I did feel out of control. Um, But as far as getting back to myself, luckily for me, I have so many really amazing friends who were like, this shit doesn't matter. The people who know you know the truth. And like all my clients in Nashville felt the same way. You know, it was Uh, really, it felt very nice to be supported by other people in the public eye that were just like, this is insane. You know, like this is so ridiculous. And she looks so dumb for doing this because anyone who knows you knows the truth. Um, And they just would, they would just encourage me like, this is going to pass. It always does. Like, And it's just like, you just have to give it the time. And it was really hard to see in the moment. Um, But now I've gotten to a place where when I get the stuff, like sometimes I'll even write back to people and I'm like, you don't know, like, stop. stop. It, It kind of rolls off me in an easier way. Every now and again, it'll get to me. But I just start to think to myself, like, if you're spending the time to come at me negatively, like, what is your life? That makes me actually really sad for you that that's what you choose to spend your day on is attacking someone you don't even know, or you that yeah. you don't even know the story. And so I start writing people back. And a lot of times people are like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's like, they don't think that people in the public eye at all are like normal humans or have feelings or when you call them out, they're kind of like, Oh, Oh, sorry. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think you would process it that way or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. So I think standing up for myself in a kind way has been a really good way. I've gotten back in touch with myself because it kind of reminds you like, you know what, you're worthy and valuable, regardless of what people's opinions say, or whatever is happening publicly. Um, And then also just taking the time to process and go through. I mean, it was a, it was essentially a breakup. So feel all the feelings and then move forward and get back to myself. I love, it's, I love
0: that you didn't just say that you meditated and journaled because I'm sure you did that stuff.
1: Well, I but, couldn't at first, honestly, because I was so mad and so upset that those things, anytime I would get quiet with myself, all I could do was like spin. So for me, yeah. a lot of it was like, I had to go on a walk. I had to move. Yeah. I had to like get out of bed that day. That was my big accomplishment, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. It it's, it's cool to hear you say like, stand up for yourself with kindness. Like, I think that for some reason in self-help, we don't always go to those actionables. We go to like process, you know, um, journal, meditate, feel, but there is something really empowering in the outer world of taking a stand and saying something for yourself, even if it's for your own healing, it's what you're sharing reminds me a lot. Like when I was a little kid, I think my dad had a really bad day at his business. And I said to him, like, what's wrong? And he said, look, he said, everyone wants to be the tallest building in town. And he said, there's two ways to be the tallest building. Either you rip the tallest building down or you build the tallest building. Wow. I love that. Yeah. And I remember thinking like, wow, it's a lot more work to you know, build a tall building than it is to just kind of like throw some rocks at the other one. Um, But I also, I
1: also think with that, sorry, it's just, um, I also think with that, when you build the tallest building versus tear down the other one, your foundation is so much stronger that it's so much more long lasting, even though it may take longer, Yeah. maybe more exhausting, but it's going to be on a foundation that's so much more sturdy than just, Attacking the other building and tearing it down, you know, I think that discredits a lot of, of the process, I guess.
0: I love what you're saying because I feel like when I started my business back in like 2012, like Facebook ads were kind of like a new thing, automated webinars, making course sales were like a new thing, and I remember there was like the rise of kind of get rich quick energy on the internet. Right. Not that that hadn't been there before Facebook ads but it was especially going on where people who maybe didn't have a coaching business would throw up an ad, get 2000 people to register for a free training. They'd make a really good free training and hire someone to help them. And then they'd have like thousands, millions of dollars. And it's Mm -hmm. not to say that there weren't some incredible leaders out there doing this work. And it's not to say that the people who weren't really, for lack of a better term, qualified to be teaching, that they didn't have the worthiness to do that. But what I did find was that there became this environment in the coaching world of impatience to make money and and just as fast as these brands would explode and even in my case they would collapse because you were only as strong as you know like your get rich quick scheme and to me kind exactly. of like this idea is that there was no foundation and mm. so mine internally combusted as you probably caught in my book and I have spent years and whenever people ask me about business, I have such a different perspective and it's very much rooted in that mindset you're talking about because a foundation is a concept in every area of your life, you know, whether it's a foundation in your relationship, like you see those quick relationships combust a lot of times. Sometimes they don't, which yeah. is amazing. But I mean, I've seen so many girlfriends in this like heated love affair that seems like the one. And in six weeks, it blows up just as fast right. as it came together. Um, or those shows, what's that show I'm watching right now? Love, Love, It, Love is Blind or something somebody. Oh, yeah. Watching, which yeah. I was like, okay, cool. If I, I love, love The Bachelor. Show. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So there's a couple of them. I'm like, this thing is going to combust as fast as it came together. And I remember with business, my answers are a lot more grounded now as somebody in her mid 30s who is like, all right, look, you build a bunch of islands on the internet and you take your time building every single Island. Like, you know, I've got my podcast, which is an Island. I've got my blog. I've got all these things that are little islands and you just slow and steady wins the race. And even when I found my partner, William, it's like, he is the slowest, steadyest ox of them all. Like he's a slow burn. He's a good burn. He's like fine wine. And I can trust him because it's, it's like the, the pace he operates at is so intentional. And so I think for anybody listening it's like I love your insight around building a foundation. What are some things you've done with yourself or things you have in your life that you would consider like a foundation for you?
1: Ooh, a foundation. I mean, do you mean like inside of myself or yeah. within my skill set or board? The- just okay. even
0: with yourself? I think I think because of this happening like with yourself is very interesting cuz it sounds like you weathered a wreck. You
1: know, like it did, and it's so interesting because I will say, I think that going on a reality TV show for me was trying to do the Facebook ad thing of like, you know, I've been working so hard, I've been grinding for so many years. Let's accelerate this a little bit quicker because that kind of platform, you can't really buy that kind of audience. You know, it's just like this built in. huge number of people that are watching. And so I went on that trying, I was actually told by my friend, like, this will be a great thing for Velvet's Edge. You should do this for that. Because I really wasn't interested in doing reality TV. And I just, I was like, yeah, I'll just take the quick, the quick out right now because I'm tired. And it was just another lesson in me of like, there really isn't this like quick out or quick build. It just explodes every time you kind of try to, it's like a cheap shot, you know, every time, you try to go that route, it explodes. And it did for me. And that was another reminder of like, you know, the deal, just one foot in front of the other next right step. And that's how you build something. And so I think like my foundational things have always been, you know, how much I love style, how much I love people. And so that's the things that I'm getting those are the things that I'm getting back to now and really reminding myself why I want to build the things I want to build, the community that I want to build. And just that it it's gonna be slow. Like this is so dumb. But I started at TikTok this week and I have like a hundred something followers and it's like mortifying because I'm like, wait, I'm so used to that interaction with thousands of people that I have on my yeah. Instagram, you know? And so there's this weird part of me that isn't getting the same validation, and I'm like how do I build my TikTok? Like I keep talking to people on my team and I'm like, how do we do this faster? Like, what's the deal? And they're like, well, you've only posted two videos. Like you gotta like slowly build this, you know? And I mean, that's a silly example, but it just, it's it's these things that you're like, oh, right. Like I didn't start an Instagram and have 240,000 followers overnight. This was years of building process and that's how it goes. And those are the actual people like the slow and steady and the people who have gone on your journey with you that's where it's the foundation the strong foundation they stay with you they buy into everything you're talking about they they grow with you it's that kind of thing that lasts not these like overnight success stories which i think is really um easy to get wrapped up to in our society nowadays
0: because it's just yeah. like
1: let's do this fast let's and we want instant gratification get it done. all of us yeah,
0: yeah let's get rich well it's interesting like you know, there really are no shortcuts, but one thing that there is that I love so much in life is there's like this invisible force field of grace. And every now and again, everybody gets a big break, but what people don't realize sometimes I think is that you kind of keep working to have that break, you know, like my overnight success when my thing started working and making money was like three years of me failing, you know, and being in debt. And then finally it worked and then it exploded. I mean, life is such an experiment. And like when you operate out of wanting a shortcut, you're, you're, I have seen it again and again. We actually have a friend, a family friend, and he is, I think he's in his like later twenties and he's a really smart guy he got a job offer and it's requiring him to work harder. Like his job that he's been in has been kind of cushy. Yeah. It's pretty good money, but he wants more deep down, but this job is going to require him to do more and be more. And I've watched his resistance because he's been in kind of a cushy, what feels like a shortcut. And, and I've, I told him, I said like, put your head down and do the work. Like you're young. Yeah you've got time to do the work and there's time later for you to have a break. And it, it's been interesting because I'm seeing his choices and I'm, I'm, I've am i coached so many people on their career and I know how this goes. Like when you're young and you're wanting shortcuts and quick fixes and quick paths to money, it's like there's a respect to being effective, to being smart with your time. Like I respect that. There's a respect to having a big break and leaping up the ladder. There, I have respect for that. I I mean, I respect for all of it. And I just think when you take that shortcut route, maybe you don't have the understanding of the thing you just shortcut it. And now you're like thrust in a position and you don't know what you're doing. And then it blows up. It's like, there's just such a dignity to being in a process. There's such a dignity to everyone's process, you know?
1: Totally. And I think too, for me, it's been this new awakening lately of like the work never stops. You know, like when I said, that I wanted to do the shortcut on the reality TV show, I was just so tired. I was so burnt out. I was done. I was like, I've got to, this has either got to work or it's, you know, and it's got to blow up right now or I have to quit because of how I was doing too much in my life. I was just too tired. But so the new question for me has become not like what's the shortcut, but what are the things that are serving me and that are, you know, the energy that I'm putting into are actually it's coming back to me in some capacity or it's not draining me to the point of being just so burnt out you know like really trying to put my energy effectively into the things that I'm passionate about because when you're doing that it doesn't matter if it's slow it doesn't matter if it's like a process or if it's work because you just enjoy it and it fills you up versus mm-hmm. like Pouring yourself out into all these million things and then going, okay, I'm so tired. What's the quick fix here? And then it blowing up, you know? Yeah. So I think it's more about, you know, they always say like work smarter, not harder, but, and I believe in that. And those are the kind of things I'm looking at now, but I don't know that the work, ever stops. And I don't know that working hard is ever going to stop. It's just about finding the things that you're so passionate about that you don't care if the work. Is yeah. There.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting too. I mean, like this idea of work smarter, not harder, I think on the periphery of work, so many opportunities come in. And I think when people are laser focused on one way of doing things or of that shortcut, they might miss the things that are truly meant for them. And in our heads, we think we're moving forward in our lives by taking the sexier opportunity or whatever. But when we're not tuning into what we actually want, it's like what I talk about in my book, it's like who you are always wins. And eventually you're gonna want what you're gonna want. And then you have to step back actually and go get that thing because you were busy being distracted. And even as you're talking about this, um, one of the concepts in my book that I think about a lot is like letting life be your coach, You know, like sitting with a question And letting life show you the answer. And what I've found is sometimes in my business, in my career, and for anybody listening, things start to keep showing up. And eventually, because I'm receptive enough, I'm like, all right, people keep asking me if I'm going to do this. It's clearly in the flow. It's in the river current. So for example like a career coaching certification. I haven't really had the inspiration to do it. I don't know if it's because I think everybody's doing stuff like this or or what was blocking me, but it just wasn't in my repertoire like I was busy with other stuff and inspired. And lately it's like I've gotten so many career coaches messaging me like, "Hey, your book really helped me with a methodology. Do you mentor people in this and Finally, I'm like, okay, clearly life is wanting this to happen. So let me offer something like this if the inspiration for me is there. And that's what I would wish for everybody. But anyway, I'm riffing now. Back to you, Kelly.
1: I I think that's such a good point because what was coming up for me when you were talking about that was also, I, I think life is your greatest teacher. I love that because it's not like, like for instance, when I went on this reality show, it's not like I walked away without many lessons or even a lesson in myself of why I liked that. Like that particular type of show isn't for me. Like the drama, the fake storylines, I can't do it. That's not (laughs) who I am. But what I did realize about myself is that I love connecting with people. And so I've been able to apply that into new things that I'm doing and go, okay, well, maybe that kind of TV show wasn't for me, but maybe there's another outlet that I can apply what I learned about sharing my story and how that really fills me up when I hear that said back to me, like, yes, I went through that too. And just the commonality between people and the connecting piece of that, like that's a huge thing for me that I've just recently realized has always been a part of my life. It comes very natural to me, but um, I didn't necessarily know that it was something I was applying into my work life. And now I'm like, how do I do that more? Because it truly fills me up. And I wouldn't have known that Mm -hmm. if I hadn't done that show. So as much of a bad experience as it was, it did bring that to me. And I'm like, okay, so now let me take that piece and apply that into something that really does serve me and really is true to who I am.
0: Okay. A couple of things like you're reminding me, I think of what a lot of people do in their career that you're not doing is extreme thinking. So what Mm. happens when we have shitty experiences is sometimes we'll let ourselves swing across the board, like a pendulum, especially I see this with dating, like dating the guy in the band, he was never available. Now I'm going to go date the guy who like lives at home and like is totally... (laughs) or whatever. Yeah. I think that's, and I think there's always a, a little bit of a wound in extreme thinking because there's a protective element to it and there's a lack of willingness to integrate a piece of something that is wise. And so I love that you're not throwing away the whole pie of television, but maybe to yeah. because I was actually going to ask you, a lot of my girlfriends really do want to do a reality show and I've been, and they've been approached and I've kind of stayed on the periphery of it. But it's cool to hear you say like, I'm going to dust myself off and maybe get back into the arena, but it's going to look better next time because I know better this time.
1: Yeah. And and you can't know better. You can't do better till you know better. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that Maya Angelou quote. And it's like, at first, of course I went black and white and was like, whoa, this was a huge mistake. Oh my gosh. I've completely messed up my whole entire career. It's, you know, like I just thought I had just really messed up and I wasn't sure I was going to come back. And then Luckily, like I said, I have friends and my boyfriend who are just encouraging me like, no, this is not, I saw you on that. You were great in these capacities and like, don't just throw it out the window because of the bad experience. But no, that particular (laughs) circumstance isn't for you. But the universe brought this into my life for a certain reason, you know, and whether that's that I go back on TV or that it was just that I realized the connecting piece and connecting with people is what I want to bring to this world because It gives me life, it serves me, but it also, maybe it's it's a gift or a value that, like you say in your book, it's just like when the things that come easy that you don't even think about doing that you do every day, like those are the things to pay attention to in what you bring to your work life, to, you know, your relationships, to your gifts to the world.
0: Yeah, man, I feel like Kelly, you would be such a fun person to have a show with, but I feel like I would be yeah. no fun on the show. Cause I just be like <laughs> questions about you and everybody want to be learning about themselves. Cause that's the point of, <laughs> um, oh man, I could talk to you for so long. Is there something I haven't asked you that is like really a cornerstone of what you've learned or that is a message you just want to share with everyone? Because I, I love popping this balloon and reminding people like get out of the illusion Totally. Everybody's doing the best they can. I remember when I worked in counterterrorism, looking at guys at the CIA who are like fifty and have like gone through whatever they've gone through, and thinking to myself, "We're all five years old inside." They still want hundred percent. Like, so tell me, tell me what your final thoughts would be.
1: Yeah, I think I think you and I were talking about this before, but it's just like everyone is doing the best they can just like you say, and the thing that, you know, I think working behind the scenes of the celebrity world has really shown me is that no one has it figured out and that's okay. Like we don't have to show up acting like we have it figured out. Let's ask questions. Let's be kind to one another as we like navigate this world together and also just I just think this too shall pass is really something to hold on to, especially after a year like we've had. And I know a lot of people's careers have really shifted this year and just knowing that like, you're not going to stay stuck where you are forever and just keep putting the next, putting your feet one foot in front of the other and taking the next right step and really acknowledging that your journey has brought you to the place that it's brought you for a reason. And so um, it's going to open up and it's going to get better if you're in a rough spot and just taking the lessons that you've learned as just a piece of your story and just a part of it. It
0: doesn't have to define you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Where should everybody come find you? Obviously, they need to go listen to the Velvet's Edge podcast.
1: Yes, the Velvet's Edge podcast is run through iHeartMedia, but you can find it anywhere you listen to podcasts. My website is velvetsedge.com. And like I said, there's going to be a lot of new content coming soon, really exploring the Velvet side and the edge side of life in general, which is kind of my new motto. Um, I'm also on all social channels at Velvet's Edge Instagram has been the place I've been the most active, but I'm really trying to get into this TikTok thing. I feel so old.
0: You've got a few new followers today, me being one of them. (laughs) I will engage. Awesome.
1: Can't wait! I've got it. I don't even know how to do it. I'm like constantly asking like people younger than me, "Can you show me how to do this?" Like, what's trending? I have no clue. I'm like yeah. so dumb with this, but I'm gonna to try to figure it out. It seems really fun.
0: Well, as soon as you've got that going, then you're gonna be like, now I gotta figure out Clubhouse, and then we're all. Oh, I know. Clubhouse. Oh, I I signed
1: up for Clubhouse, and I'm getting all these notifications that my friends are joining, and I'm like, I've never even been on the app.
0: <laughs> like, I signed up, but I don't even do it. So yeah, there's always something new well, you're, you're really, um, I talked to so many people and like, I could tell how much people enjoy you and like what a Uh role that must've played. You're really such a good time. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking to you. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the U-Turn podcast. In the meantime, if you heard about any resource that you're interested in from one of our guests, you can find it listed in our show notes on the podcast tab of my website, ashleystall.com That's A-S-H-L-E-Y-S-T-A-H-L.com. On that page, you'll also see our free quiz to help you discover what career path you're actually meant for. And of course, we cannot thank you enough for written podcast reviews. I read every single one. I get so motivated from reading your words and it just means the world to me that you take a moment if you have an apple device and you write an actual review for me thank you so much for doing that appreciate you being here and cannot wait to connect with you next week